0: Welcome to This Guy's Sick, I am Sam Valentine. On today's episode, it's just a little mini episode, a little update as to uh, what's been going on with us. Normally we, we drop an episode every week, but for the past few weeks there hasn't been any. Uh, this has been down to me having an incredibly bad chest infection. I've been uh, like just unable to do anything for the past few weeks, I was tested for COVID and it came back negative. So, luckily, that's not what I've got. But I've kind of been uh, laying low because also I don't want to catch that while I've got a chest infection, like bronchitis or something that I've got. Which means that we've had to put the episodes we wanted to do on hold and we've missed some huge subjects over the past few weeks as a result of that. So, on this episode, I just wanted to talk about the subjects we did miss. you know, uh, and just briefly go over what they would have been uh, and uh, just give a little insight to some of those things. So firstly, the biggest one was the Xbox showcase. uh, And, you know, Microsoft got panned heavily uh, for their showcase that they did. And especially for Halo, because Halo looked like crap. Um, I think what we're seeing with the issues that Microsoft are having with their New console with the X series coming out, and why the games are looking so bad was their lack of commitment to the next console in terms of exclusivity. Now Sony uh, put out their games, and you've got the new Miles Morales, and you've got all these, uh, which is the Spider-Man game, and loads of other games, Bug Snacks, which you know everyone's talking about in a, a memey weird kind of way. But the games look new. They look like they are for the next generation. They look different. They look like upscaled. Whereas Microsoft, their games don't. And the reason being is that Microsoft said that they want their games to play on the Xbox One. They don't want people to suddenly go, oh, my Xbox One is useless. They want to be able to have a version on both. Uh, One just looks slightly better. But in order to do that, it means that they cannot be fully optimized for the new console which when they're showing the game off, even though they are showing the the uh, Xbox X series version, it doesn't look as good as how the PS5 games look because obviously this version is still just an upscaled version of a generation before's game. This in itself is a huge problem for Microsoft because while they thought it was a good marketing strategy to say, look, these games are still going to run, uh, we don't need to... Um, throw in on the exclusivity thing. I think the reason why this generation in particular, uh, PlayStation 4 and um, the Xbox One, if you look back through, like, you know, Gen Wars and uh, Console Wars, PlayStation has basically won that, that generation in terms of, you know, who sold more, who has the bigger games, who gets the most talked about games. And the reason they did it is through the, exclusivity of the titles on the console whether you like all these games or not you know ghost of Tsushima, uh last of us 2 that was this year they were exclusives final fantasy 7 remake that's an exclusive you know they've been pumping out exclusives just for them every single year going back to like i mentioned the spider-man game you know they've just constantly been pumping out exclusives god of war like um horizon zero dawn Sony have managed to give themselves such a a, a strong lineup of exclusive titles just to them um, and new titles and new IPs as well, and not just rely on old IPs over and over and over. That when it comes to Microsoft, all they seem to have is Halo and it doesn't look that good, which is a shame when you are someone, you know, if you're someone like me who owns both or, or is intending on getting both of the new. Uh, consoles, uh, to look at Microsoft and go, actually, you know what, I was intending on getting both, but I think I'm just going to get the PS5 and wait and see what happens with the X series. Like, that is not something, uh, you know, that wouldn't give anyone confidence, uh, Xbox players confidence, and I don't think it would give Microsoft confidence that that's how people are feeling. And then, in recent weeks, they've stated that actually... Um, Halo is not going to be a launch title on the X series now because they need to fix some problems with it. So not only did they bring it out and everyone go, it looks shit um, from the trailers and from, from the showcase, they also are putting it off. And putting it back to fix some of those problems, which is good news, because it means that they've gone, fuck, this game looks like shit, and our audience thinks it looks like shit. But now, you're launching a console in November, without your biggest franchise, and your main exclusive. So, that showcase was something that we really wanted to speak about, and it was something that I was... looking forward to and then became ill so i've got a few other thoughts on games that were in that showcase and just the way the showcase went and uh, how it felt so i'm just gonna throw them out there now and the the first thing that really caught my eye was the sort of uh, breath of the wild looking uh, avatar like game that nobody's probably going to play called ever wild um, it was about like, you know, women look after the, the, the woods and we uh, women, women use magic to keep the world safe uh, and all this stuff. And it's weird, especially with this showcase, just how political some of this stuff was. And when I say political, I mean like they've deliberately gone for like sort of a wokeness, like strong female leads um, and strong females over male characters. When the player base, or especially on Xbox, is mostly male um, and gamers in general are mostly male. And when you look at um, the statistics, they've actually gone up in terms of male gamers. Um, for a while it used to be 60% male, 40% female and it went right down to like 54% male. But currently, uh, looking at 2020's game sales and like, who's buying them and who's playing them, it's now back up to 59% male, 41% female. So when these are the game gamers, right, when you look at like the majority of your player base is male and you put out a game that kind of paints men in a weird light or in a bad light or a negative light, what you're doing is, is saying, we don't want your money. And as you can tell from gamers, they're very shitposty. They're very like uh, sort of uh, quick to speak up and say their mind. And they're very sort of um, sardonic and a little bit rude and a little bit brash. Like, So you have to understand who your who your player base is, right? Because gamers, they, they break up into like a couple of categories. You do, you know, I'm not saying they're all like that there are a lot of gamers who just want to play games and have fun but they're also a cat there's a subset of of gamers who actually you know lick the asshole of the um they rim they rim the corporations and the people that pump out their games and they they are just like all on you know everything the publisher does and they they lie on all ends of the spectrum as well because you get the ones who are like no microtransactions are fine and don't you dare say they're not fine i love them and i love my games right you get those ones but you also get ones who go oh well naughty dog may have put out a game that's about a 7.5 but we're going to say it's a 10 and if you don't agree that this game is a 10 then we are going to call you out and say that you're horrible and nasty right so you get them on both ends of like the spectrum of what they want to want to come for but when you start putting out games that just insult their intelligence often or not they're they're not going to buy it and what i noticed a lot from their microsoft showcase was there were plenty of games that seemed to just be like we're going to insult your intelligence because the next game they then showed was a game that was basically life is strange uh, which is a square soft square enix um, game that i i've tried to play because it was given away free. And I really just, I can't get into this this game. Like walking around a school. Uh, you can rewind time. And you're a little girl. And like, oh, this person's relationship with the other. And I'm just like, no, no, this is not for me. So now they've got their own version of Life is Strange. Apart from it looks like it might be about incest. Because there's a brother and sister that are way too close for my liking. In terms of the way that these these characters behave in this trailer and it was called tell me why and the only thing i want to be told why is someone made this why why has this been made tell me why this exists because again you have the sort of new male redditor type male character in it you know the the typical oh this guy's clearly a soy boy you know that that kind of attitude that you get—the one who probably likes to go to marches about every single uh, issue that that happen in the world. So you have you have someone who kind of like that, and then you see them all sort of standing around the vegan section in the fridge. Like your your player base, Microsoft are not going to play this game. They're going to look at it and go, "What? Why would I want to play this?" They then had. A advert for DLC for my favorite game of 2019, which was The Outer Worlds. So, more Outer Worlds, the better. But while this was a Microsoft showcase, that will be out on the PS4 as well uh, in in September. So, in in a couple of weeks, that DLC will be out. But the thing, the main thing people need to understand here is, is that Obsidian, who made it, have made like an exclusivity deal with Microsoft now. And moving forward, any future Outer Worlds games, so like Outer Worlds 2, are all going to be exclusive by the sounds of it. So anything Obsidian now does is going to be exclusive to Microsoft and to the Xbox X series, which for them, for Microsoft, is a huge win because Obsidian make fantastic games and the Outer Worlds was no you know, no slouch at all. It it was such a great game to play from start to finish that I enjoyed every single second of that game without ever feeling like parts of it were a slog or that I was getting annoyed. Even in moments where I had to backtrack and go back to a world I've already been to because I'd now got better lockpicking skills or... Or better hacking skills. I could now explore shit that I couldn't do originally in that world. And being able to go back and do that felt freeing and great and enjoyable. So that is a huge, huge game. I'm glad it's coming out on all platforms for DLC. Uh, But moving forward, it is going to be an Xbox exclusive. And when they do announce a new one of those and they give me a date, that's something I'm going to want to get an X Series for. And we stick with Obsidian because they have the little Honey I Shrunk the Kids game. I can't even remember the name of it off the top of my head. But I did see a Battletoad in the trailer. So I'm hyped because Battletoads. And then finally, Obsidian threw the hugest curveball they possibly could by proving Bethesda seriously have no reason to exist anymore. Because, you know, the Elder Scrolls and, and Fallout have been replaced now by the outer worlds and avowed which is the game that they announced there which is their version of the elder scrolls and people might go oh well i love bethesda and i love this the best bethesda game that they have made in the fallout series was new vegas and guess who made that obsidian and for those who didn't know obsidian used to be black isle studios who made the original first two Fallout games, as well as the Borders Gate games. So what Obsidian or Black Isle have brought to the table in terms of fantasy and survival and RPG elements throughout the years, including New Vegas as well, and now the outer world—they've brought such great games to the table, classic games to the table, uh, g- games that people still play and talk about today. Games like Baldur's Gate. Without Baldur's Gate, there wouldn't be the plethora of fantasy games, uh, fantasy role-playing games that we have now. You've got to think that the, you know there was the OGs in the in the late '90s, and they were Diablo and Baldur's Gate. And they really, really set the tone for everything that came after them. So for me, with all that in mind, Avowed is a huge, huge game in my mind, uh, in terms of just what that could be and what that can do for the gaming industry. It can be this generation's Baldur's Gate. That's how big this has uh, the the opportunity and the prospect to become. Sorry, I just had a pause for a second because I was coughing my lungs out. But Bethesda have kind of turned a lot of that genre around and become the leaders of it. Like there are no games out there, for me, that feel like Fallout. There are no games out there that feel like the Elder Scrolls. And that's a shame because I really enjoy those games. But as a company, Bethesda have become less intent on making those games and more intent on selling us Hat and microtransactions and bullshit. Skyrim came out nine years ago and Fallout 4 came out five years ago. They have not really updated as much on a new Fallout game or on a new Elder Scrolls game. Now, while there has been like a sort of teasery trailer thing going around for a new Elder Scrolls game, apparently this is years away at this stage. Uh, And they haven't actually been working on it for that long. What it appears to me is that when they made Elder Scrolls Online, and then they made uh, uh, Fallout 76, or whatever the fuck it was called, that bullshit game, they went, right, we want this constant churning of microtransactions, people buying coins for our store, people just paying us to carry on playing the same game. Because what happened with a lot of their games is, people mod them, People come up with new expansions for them. People want to make new things for them, and they just continue playing them for ten years. Like many people have, including myself, with Skyrim. I mean, the last time I played Skyrim was probably the beginning of this year, when I thought, you know what, I'm going to download a bunch of mods, uh, a bunch of expansion packs uh, that fans have made, or new quests, and I'm just going to go and play Skyrim. And a lot of these expansions. It's not like how it used to be, where you'd go there and everything was te- like text based. Um, and if you were lucky enough to get voices they weren't that great like now these things are professionally done and on the horizon with these games as well you have got Sky Oblivion and um, Skywind which are remakes of Oblivion and Morrowind using the Skyrim engine that look fantastic and these games are going to be out way before we get an Elder Scrolls 6 but instead of Bethesda going, you know what, we're actually just going to fund this and we're going to pump resources and money into these remakes that these these fans are doing and we're going to pay them a wage to do it and then we're going to release them at 15 quid a pop as DLC or even 30 quid a pop at DLC because I'd buy them and then you can just download them for Skyrim and they're going to work and we're going to fully support it. Instead of doing that, what they've done is, they're just allowing these people to do it in the background. They don't care. They're not even thinking about, oh, well, yeah, uh, we could make money off this, or maybe we should be supporting this to get it out quicker. is a really weird thing with Bethesda that they're behaving that way, uh, uh, and that's how they're viewing their games at this point, especially their two biggest franchises, you know, Fallout and The Elder Scrolls, that they're focusing purely on the online multiplayer ones or, or apps, you know the blades app on your like what what the fuck are they doing you know so when i say they're no longer needed what i mean by that is if obsidian put out games the quality of the outer worlds and they do so with avowed why do i need to sit here waiting for Bethesda to pull their finger out their ass i can just go and play these games instead Next on the showcase I'm just going to read them off There's some dusk falls it was another one of these bullshit games that no one's going to play that they feel that they need to pump out these these types of games now because they need to be woke and virtuous and show that they're multicultural and show that they're like you know doing something and that oh we hired a studio of just women to make this or we've hired a studio of 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 just uh, people with different ethnicities so that we've got a, uh, a version of these games that come out for everyone. And, and look, gamers don't care. They're not sitting there wondering who made the game. They just want a good game. They don't care if the studio was all black women or all white women or all gay men. Like They don't care. If the game's good, the game's good. Being woke or being like, look what we've done. We've only hired X. Like What you're doing is making gamers go, why have you done that? And, like I said earlier, games can be quite outspoken. All you're doing is kind of alienating and pushing away your player base. They did drop the bombshell of Psychonauts 2, and it looked fucking awesome. And the music sounded awesome. And it just looked trippy and fun. And it was actually like nice to see a game out of all the games they were showing so far. It just looked nice, it was nice to see a game that just looked like it was a hell of a lot of fun. So, Psychonauts 2, that's a big win for Microsoft. Stalker 2, that looks like a lot of fun. I definitely play Stalker 2 from what they released and what they wanted us to see. So, Stalker 2 was great, it looked good. Now, we're back with more bullshit games The Gunk with super deformed, strong female ethnic characters. Um, no one's going to play this bullshit. It just looks crap. It looks crap. Like you've pumped money into a studio to make you something. that go, we want young girls to look. We want young girls of color, sorry, to look up to a character. So we're going to pump money into this studio to make us a shit game. Like, why not just like make good games? Because people, I don't look up to characters and video games based on their their skin color. Like that is not how I am. Now, maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe if you're a black guy or a black girl, when you play a video game and you don't see a black character, you go, oh, I can't look up to him anymore. But I don't know how true that is because some of my favorite video game characters and ones I do look up to and ones that have made me go, man, that's a fucking cool character, have been black and I'm a white guy. Number one being Barrett Wallace from Final Fantasy VII. The guy is fucking awesome in every single way. This is, is a, a, a guy who cares about the planet, who cares about his daughter's future, who, who wants to fight against the tyrannical corporate government. Like, that guy's a fucking badass. Like, I look up to Barrett all the time. He's fucking cool as shit. So maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because a lot of video games do have white protagonists that they just like. oh well we really shouldn't just only do that but again i don't know what the proportions are right a lot of video games used to get made in japan and they used to just make whatever the fuck they wanted right so and still video games are made in japan but back in the 90s most of the big games came from japan so when i see this stuff i'm not saying i'm going to use the word pandering because i don't think it's that i think they genuinely want to like oh look there we found a studio that wants to make these games about x so we're going to pump some money into it but i don't think the quality controls there i think that's the issue with it the, this game gunk looked like junk that's that's all i'm saying it's okay though because the next game they then showed that was like one of their big titles was going to totally change that and you know and it was going to be a female-fronted game that everyone's going to play, and it was so original and so cool. Uh, It totally didn't look like Silent Hill or then Soul Reaver later on, um, and it wasn't just, you know, another female-fronted game for the sake of it. The medium... Which it was called, uh, and no one is going to buy this game. The, these games that I'm saying are female-fronted. The reason why I'm going to say nobody is going to buy them isn't because female-fronted characters don't sell games, because Tomb Raider will tell you otherwise. It's the way in which these games are presented. It's 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 about them telling you this is a game that girls will play. This is a game we want. Guys, go- because guys, a lot of guys and boys, especially young boys, are going to hear that and go, "I'm not playing the girls' game." you know they just that's not what they want to do and when i said that 60% basically of your of the people that are going to make you money are not that and then a lot of the girls don't want to play those they actually like games where they play as a hunky dude right so it's a, it's a strange phenomenon that we seem to be having where they want to make you know um, Shitty game about a young girl finding herself, and then wonder why young girls and young guys don't want to play a game about a young girl finding herself and finding her adulthood. Like, do you know why? Why don't they want to do that? Because because they just can't. That's not for them. Um, well, so they showed they showed off more Fantasy Star Online uh, Two, which still is not available in Europe, uh, and I really want to play it because I loved the Dreamcast Fantasy Star Online game. I thought it was fucking awesome. And I'd love to play this, but it's not out in Europe yet. Uh, we had Crossfire, which reminded me of Crisis. So, you know, that's not bad. I like I like Crisis. But, you know, again, uh, the woman in it. Why is it that when they have these female characters now, they all look like they've walked straight out of Scott Pilgrim? You know, or some sort of shitty indie comic. They all kind of look the same. Like, skinny... Um, Blue hair, green hair, pink hair, and and some like random tattoos that they've not really paid much attention. They've just gone in there and gone do whatever, mate. You know, gone to toe ice, oh, whatever, whatever's on your mind. I'll have that. Like they all look like that. Um, do you remember when video game character women used to be hot? I rem I remember them used to, they used to be hot. Like I remember they used to actually just be really like drop dead gorgeous and hot. Now they look like girls that sit around in town. Uh, being snooty about people that don't have dyed hair you know that's that's what they look like they look like those types of girls now which i, I really don't really want to play a game as one of those so that was basically our oh, fable um i think it's a reboot because they didn't say fable four they just said fable um and it was like new beginnings and all this other stuff. So I think that they've just rebooted Fable, which could be good because the Fable franchise one and two were fantastic, uh, and then they were, and then they were treated like shit. Basically, they rushed away through Fable Three. Uh, Lions had died. Studio died. Xbox wanted to do their connect version. They had that online thing that never came out, or maybe it did come out. I never knew because they didn't really talk about it. And Microsoft basically just ditched Fable, but now they realize that people really like those games and they sold really well, and they probably shouldn't have treated them badly. So yeah, new Fable game. So that'll be good. So out of 10, I give the Microsoft showcase about a, a, a five because everything that got me hyped equally was hit with a shitty version of halo or you know what well, not shitty it looked shitty or these random bullshit games that people like you know when you're watching this thing and you're like oh i can't wait to see what the next game is and then it's like a brother and sister running away together you're like what the fuck is this bullshit this is like a uh, an indie black and white film that you'd see at Cannes film festival and then go um yeah i suppose it was all right but i'm not sure was that incest? I'm trying to figure it out, right? So I've done that. I've mentioned Microsoft. It was one thing. We wanted to go through it as a group. Um, and like I said, I'm still ill now. My chest is still fucked now. I'm sure you can hear it on my voice. I've had to pause multiple times while recording just this little thing to put out uh, and, and then like kind of restart what I was about to say because my nose is clogged up. My chest is clogged up. I'm going into coughing fits. I'm about to go into one right now. And it has been the bane of my life for three and a half weeks now. And we recorded, um, we did record the weekend just gone. And that is going to come out. But again, I'm coughing all the way through it. Um, so I need to do some editing and that takes time. So I wanted to get something out like this, uh, where I spoke about a few topics that we may have missed. And then I'm going to put out the, the, uh, episode we did meeting and Chris together, uh, at the end of the week. So there's actually going to be this mini episode where I'm going to go over things that we missed, and then you're going to get an episode about us talking about aliens and uh, other dimensions and uh, what is humanity. Um, So look forward to that, because it's nothing like anything we normally talk about, and it wasn't what we planned to talk about. It was what our 8K celebration for getting 8K followers and listeners, and what we wanted to do was talk about anything just bring up anything and we went off down this path of the pentagon have been talking about aliens and then what is reality that's kind of how where we ended up so look out for that it should be out the end of the week but this is what you've got now so then the other big news which was huge news was epic and uh, this is ongoing news they decided that on the apple store and google play store what happens is if they give you Wanky coins that you buy in the game, and they're ten pounds for for a thousand coins, right? Or ten dollars for a thousand coins. Thirty percent of that goes to the host of the store, and there's nothing you can do about it, actually. When when you sign up to Apple, that's thirty percent is standard. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter how big big your game is. It doesn't matter how um, in control of the game you are. Or, you know, so we're talking Fortnite mostly, right? Or how big Fortnite is. Fortnite is huge. Um, it may not be as huge as it was, but it is still huge. So what I think Epic are really doing here is looking for a bargaining chip. It's not so much that they're going to defy Apple and we're going to sell coins for cheaper than we, we sell them on your store if you go directly through us, which is currently the case. It's more of a case of... You know, when you sign up to Apple, why is it that I'm not allowed to negotiate with Apple the percentage of my earnings that they take? 30% just for using their store is a standard, and it doesn't matter how big you are, how popular you are, how massive you are as a company, um, like Epic are, who make Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine 4. So all these things come into play, and I think what they... What they themselves, Epic, are looking for here is for Apple to say, actually, we're only going to take 10%, 15%. Because if Apple remove Epic from the game store, it means any company that uses Unreal Engine 4 cannot update their games on the game store. That's kind of how it will go, right? Or the iStore, wherever it's called. And from that perspective, I think that this 30% charge, regardless, that's what we take is something that should be negotiable in business practices right because you're not dealing with joe blogs indie developer who just wants to put out a little game and he's happy to make whatever money he gets from it because he's small and 30% to him is a good deal when you're talking about Fortnite, for example, and we're talking about hundreds of, of thousands, millions of pounds, millions of dollars worth of microtransactions. It means that for every 10 million they make, 3 million goes directly in the pocket of Apple, and they only make 7 million because that's what that 20 30 percent will be. It's 30 percent of it goes, and Apple don't incur the costs of running the game. And being able to uh, update and all this stuff, that all goes on Epic. So they take 30% regardless of the payment and the work that has to go on the Epic side of things, on the developer side of things. And I think that, yeah, it should be negotiable based on how many people you have to pay, um, how many people are operating your game, how many people you need to be able to... how many updates you do, what you're doing to update it, and also maybe just based on how big the game is. In fact, if the game is huge and it's making you millions and millions and millions, maybe you have more of a leg to stand on with a company like Apple to go, why not 20%? Why is this non-negotiable? Why are we only able to do 30% no matter who we are, no matter what we do in the world? On the other hand... Um, they are monetizing games for children and uh, taking money out of children's pockets, and I hate microtransactions, and I hate coins, and I hate loot, and I hate all that stuff. So part of me sort of like, well, fuck Apple and fuck Epic too. Our Epic just being greedy. Actually, for eight dollars, you can buy them directly from our store, um, but they're ten dollars on Apple. So because if you buy them from Apple, they only make seven dollars, so they actually make one dollar more every time you buy it through them, rather than buying it on the Apple store, because to them, they'd rather make the money for themselves, and they've just been greedy. So there is the flip side to it. Now, I would like to think that the, the positives and the positives of allowing people to negotiate with giants like Apple and Google is way bigger than the negatives, because Again, even like I said with like Joe Bloggs, the indie developer, I think it's unfair that a guy who might have spent a year on his own developing Flappy Bird or whatever, you know, by himself, puts this game out and he could actually completely turn his life around as an indie homebrewed developer and make millions off of this game. Uh, but instead he only makes a couple of hundred thousand because 30% gets yeeted off him straight away. And then he's got to pay his tax on top of that that seventy percent off the game he's made, and then by the time he gets round to it, and all the costs he's incurred over the year, and his rent, and his this, and his, and his his hostage charges, and all that stuff. By the time he gets round to it, he hasn't actually made a lot of it because he's been he's be, he's getting thirty percent whacked off it before he's even taxed, you know. So part of me does wonder about that, and it makes me wonder like, you know, where where does this go in the future, and how do we change it in the future? Because there's a there's a, there's a standard here, right? And the standard is you pay 30% and Epic are going, well, what, what about if we didn't? So I think that positively, it's like a good up yours to giants like Apple and Google, who I have a lot of distrust for. Um, and I think that in the end, there will be a compromise and Epic will get this ability to negotiate and Apple will drop it to 20% for Epic. Um, and Google will drop it to 20% for Epic because that's obviously what they're saying they would rather you do, is pay 20% um, on it. But then also, the other thing is, charging kids less than $10, charging them $8 for the DLC uh, coins, for for the microtransactions is kind of better in the long run because you're charging them less so what where, where do we go from here like there's obviously a big question mark hanging over this so that's another that's another topic that's been on everyone's minds and it's continuing to grow and hopefully me and the guys will manage to speak a little bit about that as it develops because it is continuing to develop but as you can tell on this episode uh, you know i've tried to pause when i've coughed but there's a few times where i just had to clear my throat i've been i've been incredibly ill. Um, which has been a pain in the ass, and we did record uh, on Saturday, but like I said, unless you want to hear me coughing and spluttering every 10 minutes, I need to do some serious editing, and having to edit something every 10 minutes, when we recorded like two and a half hours, uh, takes a long time to be able to, to listen to it over and cut those out, uh, and that episode will drop as soon as I've managed to do so, so for me, you know, th- this episode was just a nice little touch base with everyone now there is something i do want to ask and uh, that's not it's not a big ask it's like a little ask we we did touch on a couple of topics uh, on the episode that will drop in a couple of days time where we did speak about consciousness and awareness and you know what is life and um are we in a simulation like is everything around us basically uh fake and is consciousness just running through uh the motions when it hits the body and the body is just a vessel for your consciousness and all this sort of stuff now what I want to ask is for the people, the regulars that listen to this, because we get a lot of listeners that are kind of unknown um, because they don't make themselves known and they don't make themselves, um, you know, they don't, let, they don't let me know who they are or they don't contact via social media or emails or they're not on the Facebook page or they don't follow the Twitter or the Instagram. They're just kind of listeners. Um, and I'd love to hear from you, uh, especially because you're listening every week and I want to know who you are, um, just so that we can connect and we can we can find out what's going on with you and what you like and what you don't like. But for the people that are regular, the people that do listen to this as much as possible, for you guys, would you be interested in us going down the rabbit hole uh, once a month and doing these esoteric... Uh, deep dive questions on things like whether it be like ufos or whether it be like uh you know what is consciousness simulation theory um these sort of alternative things like uh maybe even some more conspiracy episodes where we stick to one conspiracy and we talk about it for two hours because while we do mostly talk about gaming and we've got We've got an Umbrella Academy episode coming up because obviously season two has dropped uh, the other week, and everyone is catching up on that now. And we're going to go through season one and two, what we liked, what we didn't like, you know, how we felt found the show. Uh, we got the boys season two coming out soon, so we're going to be doing that as well with the boys. Um, any gaming, big gaming news gets spoken about anyway. Normally at the beginning, regardless of episode topic, uh, if there's something big that we want to just chat about and get off our chests or speak about. Um, we will, but what I want to know is if we were to delve into like other topics other than gaming and uh, you know anime and film and comic news that we normally do, what would they be? Um, so hit me up, Sam Valentine, on Facebook, or go to the um, the page. This guy's sick, and send a message in the inbox there. Or if you already know me personally and you're already someone who listens and we've already had a chat, then just hit me straight up and say like I'd like to hear about this so i'd like to know about that uh you know and what kind of other topics you'll do you, you would like us to to cover because i'd like us to branch out a bit because i just enjoy talking about anything uh you know i'm now 37 minutes into this uh, and as you can tell even with a cough i like talking so if there's anything I can I can chat about that you guys would love to hear our opinions on, or just love to hear us get bamboozled over the flat earth or some nonsense like that, then then hit us up because, because I'd really like your feedback. Anyway, that's it. So I spoke about Microsoft. I spoke about Epic. They, those were the two big things that we kind of missed while I was ill. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be more gaming news and stuff coming in the coming weeks. And, yeah, so thanks for listening. This is Discard this Sick. I'm Sam Valentine. Uh, take care.